that he's worthy. I want to encourage you to let you know you can't look at your situation. Because the more you look at your situation, the more you take your eyes off of God. But the more you look to him who's the author and finisher of your faith, you should know that it's already finished. It's already done before it begun. And if we can keep our eyes on Jesus and stop focusing on the negative, we will see more things manifest in our lives. You have to know what you already have before you begin to complain on what you don't have. He wants us to always look to the hills from which cometh our help because our help cometh from him. Amen. Amen. So, Father, we just thank you. We just praise you. We lift you up on today, God, because you are high and you're lifted up in this place. God, we thank you for bringing us here safely, God. We thank you, God, as we depart out this building, Father God, that we enter our destinations, our homes, or wherever we may be safely, God. And I thank you, God, that we're under Psalms 91, because you said, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide up under the shadows of the Almighty. But God, we thank you for the abiding, God, that we're remained in there, God. We're not going in and out. But God, that is our resting place, God. And God, being that we abide in there, you said, no evil shall befall us. Neither shall any plague come nigh our dwelling. For you have given your angels charge over us to keep us and guard us in all of our ways. So Father, we give you glory. We give you honor and we give you praise, God. That we have protection from you on today, God. I thank you that you said many are the afflictions of the righteous. But God, you have delivered us out of them all. You have already delivered us, God. Even before we were afflicted, God, you already delivered us. So we thank you that deliverance have already taken place. And Father, we thank you that it's healing in this room on today. Because your words say, by Jesus Christ, we were already healed. So we just thank you for what we already have. We thank you that provision is in this room on today, God. Because you told us in your word that you are our provider, God. And we thank you for being our provider today. We thank you for being Jehovah Jireh. We thank you for being Jehovah Nisi Albana. We thank you, God, for being Jehovah Roe. God, we thank you, God, that you are our shepherd. We thank you, Father God, that you see God. We just thank you, God, for being the great physician on today in the name of Jesus. And God, I bind every attack and every assignment. That the enemy want to send out against us today. I speak that it's broken in the name of Jesus. I come against every mind-boggling spirit. Every spirit that want to come in and torment our minds. I command you to go right now in Jesus' name. You don't have no place here. In the name of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is against you. In Jesus' name. So God, I thank you that as we go forward in the word of God on today. The word of life. Quicken us today according to your word. And I come against every hardened heart that's hardened in this place. And I speak that our hearts are open and receptive to receive your word on today. In Jesus' name. And I thank you that I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And Father, I thank you for our helper and our teacher, which is the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Open your Bibles to Matthew, the 14th chapter. Matthew, the 14th chapter, and we thank God for his word because we know there is life in the word of God. And we're going to look at verses 
um, 22, and I'm going to read down to verse 30. Well, actually, 32. The word of God now reads, Matthew 14, beginning at verse 22. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent the multitude away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, so the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of a good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind bolsterous, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore did thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. I want to talk about stepping out on the word of God. Stepping out on the word of God. We talked um, last Sunday about bringing heaven unto earth. And we can't bring heaven to earth without the word of God. And it takes trusting in the word of God in order for heaven to be brought to earth. Because God has given us everything that we need on the inside of us. But we have to um, allow the manifestation on what's inside to come on the outside of us. And some of us are not stepping out um, of the word. We got to step out um, and let the word come forth out of us. So when God had given me this... He had me to look back through it, and as I look back through it, God would give you some more revelation concerning his word because he want us to be illuminated. He want light to come from his word. So I want to tell you, don't get discouraged when things in your life feel like they all tore up. And when you feel like you're going to make it, that's when you're not going to make it. That's when you already made it. So you got to be encouraged in him. You got to be encouraged in the word of God, not what the enemy is saying. That's why you got to know his voice. And the Bible says that my sheep know my voice and a stranger's voice they shall not follow. You are his sheep. So when you spend time with the good shepherd, you're going to become so familiar with his voice that nobody is going to be able to turn you away from him. So when we look in this verse, it said, and straightway Jesus constrained his disciples. That word, when we look at constrained, it means that Jesus made his disciples. He was telling them, you got to go to the other side. When they were so used to Jesus being right there with them, Jesus was sending them out on this sea. They knew how this sea was. So Jesus had to constrain them. He had to make them. He had to compel them to go to the other side. Let me tell you something. When you spend some time in the word of God, no matter how the other side look, if you in the good book, in the word of God, that the word is going to compel you. 
The word is going to make you step out into some things that you don't want to step out into. This is why we have to take time in the word. We have to have more time in the word than we're having more time in anything or anybody else. We spend too much time with people. We spend too much time with ourselves. Y'all didn't know you spent too much time with yourself. Because we spend half the day fighting with ourselves. We spend half the day talking to ourselves. We spend half of the day trying to get self right. By the time you get self right, you're tired. You're ready to just sit down somewhere because self acting all up. So we spend too much time with these things and less time with the word. The more time you spend with the word, you're going to be compelled. You're going to be made to do some things when you don't feel like doing them. You're going to be made to apologize when you don't feel like you want to apologize. Because the word will compel you. The word will make you do something that you don't want to do. Why? Because you're spending time with the word. That one verse. So this is what he did. The Bible said he compelled them. He made them go to the other side. He said, I want you to go ahead of me to the other side. And see, we got to understand that even though the word compel us and make us, we're not alone. Because he said he'll never leave us or forsake us. He would always be with us even until the end. He's, he's here right now. He's not going to leave you alone no matter where you go. No matter what situation you stuck in, he's not going to leave you alone. Because they had to get to the other side. And the word said, I want you to go before me to the other side. The next thing that God was beginning to show me when he compelled them and made them go to the other side, Jesus, he went into the mountain to pray. When you're spending time with the word of God, that means you communing with him. You in prayer with him. And it takes prayer when we go into the word of God. We can't go into the word of God or any, any situation, any kind of way. Because we got to begin to seek him with our whole heart. When he give us a message or whatever he tell us to do, we have to go to him and say, Lord, I know what you said. But I have this something on the inside of me that's trying to stop me from doing what you're telling me. See, that's prayer. That's seeking him. So Jesus went into a mountain. He was by himself after he got from around the people. You got to be willing to give up something. You got to be willing to set yourself aside and say, Lord, here I am. I want to spend some time with you. I want to hear what you have to say to me. Now, Jesus, he sent him to the other side. But Jesus knew there's going to be something that's going to try to stop you from getting to the other side. So I'm going to go pray and I'm going to go be with the father and see what the father want me to do while you go into the other. Oh, he's so good. We got to do what he's already done. That's why it is written. The word of God is written for us to take in and say, God, Jesus had to go pray. Even when a situation come up, you got to go before the father and say, you already know the situation. So I want to hear even more from you concerning this situation. So this is what he did. He went to pray. Then when he went to pray, look what happened. It said in verse 24, but the ship was now in the midst of the sea 
It was tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary, meaning that the wind was opposite. It was over against them. Let me tell you what happens when you step out on the word of God. See, that's why it takes prayer along with the word of God. When they stepped out, they began to experience how the wind was coming against them. It was opposition. Why? Because the enemy want to take the word. He don't want you to stand on that word. So as soon as God give you the word, there's going to be opposition in your life. Do not think that you're not going to have no opposition. Opposition is going to come because of the word. Look at your neighbor and say, opposition comes because of the word. Say, opposition comes because of the word. Come on, tell them again. Opposition comes because of the word. Say, you're going to have opposition because of the word. Y'all didn't know that when you get a word from the Lord, the enemy is going to send opposition to stop you from moving forward in the things of God. He's going to send somebody. He'll even send a commercial that you ain't never looked at before. And you begin to watch the commercial and fear begin to come and you say, oh, no, I don't know if I can do this. Because you're hearing opposite to what the word is saying. So when they stepped out, when they were compelled to go to the other side, opposition came. When you stepping out on the word of God, opposition is going to come to your house. Don't think that you're not going to have things coming against you. You are because of the word. So you should be giving God glory and saying, devil already knew you was coming. But I got something for you. I got the word of life. And the word is what's going to keep me. The word is what quickens me. The word is what brings life to me. And if the word is here, I'm already protected. So you're going to have some opposition. So they heard the word. They stepped out on what they heard and opposition came. So don't think you're not going to have no opposition. Don't think the enemy is not going to try you. Y'all didn't know the enemy is after the word. He's after the word because he knows that the word brings life. He's about death. Go back into the garden of Eden. As soon as God said, don't eat from that tree of knowledge of good and evil, the enemy took that word and used the word against them to bring death. And that's what he want to do to you. This is why when God give you the word of life, you got to stand on that word because that word is going to quicken you. It's going to bring life to you. Look at Jesus in Matthew 4. As soon as Jesus got through fasting for 40 days, no food, y'all. He was fasting. The enemy came in on him at his weakest point. And that's what the enemy does. When you spend time with God, and, and you on a fast, the enemy's going to come at you at that time because he know you're hungry. He know you're ready to eat. I'll give you an example. Y'all know when you're not on a fast and you don't went longer than you should when you're hungry. People get mad. People ready to curse you out because they want to. Y'all don't, don't even try it. You, you get mad because you're so hungry, you're ready to eat, and somebody done took the last piece of ham or the last piece of turkey, and you feel like you faint. You're ready to fuss somebody out. So you're weak at that point. And guess what happens then? The enemy begin to talk to you. Now understand that the only reason why he's talking to you is because he already planted something in you. 
Them thoughts had to come from somewhere. You're calling your husband a rascal. You're calling him out of his name. You're calling him greedy. You're calling him no good. You're saying you should have put me some more meat in the house. Where did all this come from? It was already there. Everything that you're thinking is what's already planted there. It just didn't come pop up like that. It was already in you. He's coming at you at your weakest point. And if you don't calm that down through the word of God, you're going to end up opening your mouth and you're going to tell them a few things. Some of you already done it probably this morning. We blame people for stuff. Because when, when the enemy get us at our weakest point, but he come at Jesus at his weakest point, And he said that if you be the son of God, turn these stones into bread. One thing that Jesus knew is I don't have to prove myself to you. I already know who I am. So when you know who you are, you don't debate with people who you are. You just live a life by who you are. You don't have to prove nothing to nobody because your fruit is going to let people know who you are. People make you mad and say, I thought you would say, I am saved. You don't have to put no I am in it. Because evidently, you got off of who you are because they wouldn't have said what they said. You don't have to quote no word all the time to say I'm this and I'm that. Because your life is going to speak who you are. Jesus didn't give nothing but the word. He said, man, don't live by physical food alone, but by every word that proceedeth out the mouth of God. This is how I live. He said, this is my food. This is what I'm living off of now. Do you think that was just it for the enemy? No, he's going to keep trying you. He's going to test you in every area. He's going to test you in your flesh, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. The lust of the eyes. He put Jesus through the test. He going to put you through the test. When you say what you ain't going to do. The enemy going to show you. You going to do it. Because he's going to try to tempt you to do what you say you ain't going to do. No I ain't buying that pocketbook today. No I ain't. I'm just going to go in there and look at it. And you look at it. And you look at it. Then you walk off. Glory be to God. I don't need that today. Glory. Hallelujah. Thank you. Jesus and then you hear words say you deserve it go and get that pocketbook you know God will provide who's talking everything that sound good ain't good because you know that's your light bill money in your pocketbook don't add up see we do just what the opposite So you keep looking and looking. See, there go that lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh. The flesh is desiring it. The eyes are saying, "Mm, that show would look good. I can can carry that with everything. Oh, and the devil say, go and give your tithes. Don't mess with the light bill money. Go and get a tithe. They ain't missing nothing. They ain't seeing. You pay over. Look how much you done paid over all these Sundays. This money here belong to you. Sure, you're right. He's a tempter. He's a deceiver. He's an accuser of the brethren. And if you don't know these things, you will fall for those lies every time. 
But this is what happened when they stepped out on the word of God. When you're stepping out on the word of God, you're going to have everything coming at you. You're going to have your husband. You're going to have your wife. You're going to have your children. You're going to have your dog, your cat, your mother-in-law, your father-in-law, your mama, your dad. You're going to have somebody coming out against you. And it's going to seem as if what they're saying is true. But you know what God said. Because people that love you, they try to help you, but they don't realize they're helping you out of what God said. And when you know what God said, you don't disrespect them. You say, out of respect for you, I'm going to do what God told me to do in the conversation. So when we know what God said, we step out on what God said, and you're going to see some opposition because of what God said. I'm trying to renew your mind to let you know you're going to have some opposition from somewhere because of the word. Then they went on. When they had the opposition, look what happened. And then it said, here come the word. Oh, my goodness. Y'all don't get it? Opposition was coming. It says that those winds was coming against them, over against them. But then the Bible say in the fourth night, in the fourth watch of the night, the Bible said, here come the word. Let me tell you this. When you got opposition in your life and it seemed like things is not working out for you, guess what? The word began to pop up out of nowhere. And Jesus began to pop up because of that opposition. Didn't he said he's not going to leave you? Didn't he said he's not going to forsake you? See, he's giving the Holy Spirit. He's telling the Holy Spirit, give her this word. Let her know what my word is saying. He's reminding you of what he said. So when the opposition come, you can look from a word for the Lord because he's not going to leave you alone. He's not going to leave you by yourself. So when Jesus came, Jesus came walking on the sea. See, you got to know how the word is coming. God may send somebody with the word that you don't know. Apostle, he may send a sinner with the word that you don't know about. He may send any, anything or anybody he want to send with the word. The television may be on. And God sent a word through the television. Because God is there on the scene. God will get your attention. So as the word was walking on the sea, they thought they saw a ghost. But guess what? The word came and said, be not afraid. See, that word was letting them know I'm here. You don't have to be afraid. It is I. See, he'll have a way of getting your attention. So this is why we got to hear the word. We got to know what the word is saying unto us. But Peter was the only one that that said, Lord, if it is you, bid me. He didn't say nothing about nobody else. He said, Lord, if it is you, bid me to come. And Jesus just said, come. Just one word. See, when we know his voice, when we know his voice, we're going to step out on that, on his voice. So Peter had to step out of the boat. He had to step out of the boat with the storm raging. Y'all got to understand. We got to step out in the midst of things when they don't look right. You can't wait on things to be right. You got to know they're already right. That's why you're stepping out in them. So Peter said, bid me to come. And Peter was coming to Jesus as he was coming to the word of God. Guess what? The Bible says that the wind, it was bolsterous. The sea was bolsterous. That means it was forcibly violent. 
it was all violent around him. Don't you know the more you hold on to that word, the enemy is going to turn up the heat even the more because you trust in him even the more. See, they had to trust him to get to the other side. So they took the word. Opposition come up against them, but they were in the midst of something, but they kept going. And the word was right there with them walking on the sea. See, the word was already there saying this is already taken care of. So it got bolsterous. But guess what? Peter took his eyes off the word and he looked at what was going on around him. What do we do when it get hot, hotter than usual? Where we feel like we can't take it. We just give up and say, Lord, Lord, help me. But guess what? I love this. When Peter fell, when he began to sink, Peter did walk on the water, y'all. But he looked around and saw what was coming up on him. So he began to sink. But when he cried out to Jesus, guess what? The word was still there to pick him up. So let me tell you something. The enemy loses every time. Because even though you do what God tells you to do and it seemed like you can't take it and it seemed like you fall, God even got another plan because he cried out to him and Jesus lifted him up. God took me back to a place that all of us are familiar with in Daniel, the third chapter. And Daniel, the third chapter, it was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And the king had made this idol. And he was telling them as they hear the music, He said, I want you to bow down to this idol when you hear the music. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew who they served. They knew that they served a mighty God. And they knew that they were not coming against the word of God. See, this is how we have to be. When God give us a word, I don't care if it was 20 years ago, we have to still stand on that word because that's his word and his word don't fail. He said, my word is not coming back to me void. He said, the word that leaves out of my mouth, it's not going to come back to me void, but it's going to accomplish that which I please. And he said, it's going to prosper in the thing I sent it to do. So this is what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego believed. They believed God's word, that his word say, you will not bow down to no other image. I'm the one and true living God that you shall worship. I'm the only God that you should bow down to. I'm the only God that you should worship. They remembered that. So they refused to bow down. Don't you know when you refuse to bow down to what the enemy is doing? The enemy going to get hot. He's going to be mad. There's going to be some opposition. He's going to make it hotter than before. And this is what they said unto the king. They said in verse 17, Daniel 3. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from this burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. See, they were so sure that God was a deliverer because they knew the word. They knew who they served. He said, but if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. When they come against the enemy... Calvin, when you tell the enemy, I'm not bowing down to that. I'm not having a part of that. The enemy going to be raging. He's going to be mad. So he's going to make it hotter for you than ever before. So the king said, okay, turn that heat up even hotter. He made it seven times as hot. 
Because he was saying, if I make it seven times as hot, you want to bow down. He made it seven times as hot. They still didn't bow down. How many of us give up on God because it seems hotter than it was before? A lot of us. We let go of that word because we feel like I can't take this no more. No, you can't. But the God in you is greater. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So if you know the greater one, which is him, you're going to hold on to what he's saying and you're going to know that you already brought out of it. So when they heated it up, the ones that heated it up seven times as hot got consumed. But the Bible said that they bound Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. How many of y'all feel bound even right now? By things in, in your life, you, you got a fight going on. You feel bound. You feel like you're helpless. You feel like you can't do anything, but you're holding on to the word. Because you feel like, Lord, I'm feeling more heavier than I ever felt before. Lord, I'm feeling more sicker than I ever felt before. Lord, I'm feeling more depressed and confused than I ever felt before. But God, I'm holding on. To what you said, because you are God and not man that you should lie. God, you said your word is not coming back to me void. God, you said your word is going to accomplish that which you sent it to do. God, you said your covenant will you not break. No, all to the things that have gone out of your lips. So God, if you said it, I have no choice but to go through it. Because I know that you're still God and you change not. So, God, I'm not going to let go of what you said. Because either way, God, I'm going to be with you. God, if I die like this, I'm going to still be with you. But, God, I'm going to make it through because you got a plan. And you got a purpose for my life. So, they went into the fiery furnace. Bound. Bound. Can you imagine going into a fire? And that fire is heated up. Let me give you an example. A goldsmith, when he takes silver, a a refiner, a fire, that's what God is. And when they went into that fire, like that goldsmith, he take that silver and he leave it in that fire. But he can't take his eyes off of that silver. Why? Because he got to see the impurities coming up from the top. When he see those impurities coming up from the top, he know that that piece of silver is ready. It's made pure. See, what God does, he takes you sometime through a fire because he want to burn all those impurities out of you. And when he see all of them coming up the surface, and then when he look, he can see his image in you. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying? So that fire is making you stronger. Dough is getting hotter. God said, I'm a refiner of fire. He said, I'm not going to leave you like this. He said, you going through this to know that I'm still God, that I'm still taking care of you. So when you feel like you can't make it, you say, God, leave me in it for a little while because you're making me into whom you want me to be. Some of you want to come out, but God say, you ain't ready. So when that goldsmith see. That that silver is ready. He looks in that fire and he see the image he wants. So he pull it up out of the fire. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, guess what? They said that they were not bowing down, but guess what they had to do? They had to step out into what they believed. So they stepped out into the word of God. They went into this fire because they would not bow bow down. And the Bible said that they went into the fire 
It said the king command, commandment was urgent and the fire exceedingly hot. So y'all know what happened to the flame. It said, and these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down. Who? They saw Jesus. Fell down bound in the midst of the fiery furnace. And the Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, did we not cast three men bound in the midst of the fire? They said, true, O king. He said, lo, I see a fourth man loose walking in the midst of the fire. They have no hurt. The form of the fourth is like the son of God. And when they come out of that fire, the word of God said, the fire had no power, nor was in hair of their head singed, neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. Now I want to ask you something. But God. See, when God allows something in your life, God is refining you. God is making you into his very own image. He's showing you that he's God, but he's not only showing you. He's showing the ones around you what you meant for my harm. God has turned it around, and he's made it for my good. See, they come out of that fire, but Nebuchadnezzar had to see God in it. God want to be glorified. God want to be seen in the midst of your situations. How can he be seen if you don't go through? You're going to go through. You're going to have some things that happen in your life. Why? Because you are not bowing down. We always complaining. Why this had to happen to me? It didn't happen to her. It didn't happen to him. You don't know what went on in their lives. You don't know what they're going through right now. Because they're standing. They're trusting God in the midst of their situation. And through them trusting God. The word of God says that the king believed in their God. He didn't want nobody coming against their God. Why? Because he saw the power that God had. See, how can God manifest himself if you don't step out on what he said? You got to step out of the boat. You got to trust God based on his word. You can't hold on to nothing else but what he said. And anything that's trying to attach itself to you, that God ain't saying, you got to cast it down. How many times we talk about 2 Corinthians 10? Chapter, what, verses 4 through 6. How many times we talk about this, the weapons of your warfare? You in a warfare. You in a battle. And guess where the battlefield is? Your head. It's in your mind. You ain't fighting flesh and blood. The battlefield is in your mind and every day you're going to have some thoughts that are not of God. You're going to leave them there or you're going to dismiss those thoughts. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I'm pretty sure they had some thoughts that were coming to their mind when that fire was seven times as hot. But I believe in the midst of that, they said, God, I'm going to trust you. God, if I die, I die, but I'm going to die in you because I'm not bowing down to man. The only one I'm going to bow down to is you. So they had their mind made up. It's a made up mind, y'all. They went in there. They come out, not even smelling like um, smoke. Their hair wasn't even crisp. They weren't bald-headed when they come out. They weren't burned. Y'all know when um, fire get on you, your skin just peel all off. It was none of that with them. Why? Because that was miraculous. 
that was God in the midst of that protecting them. I believe God opened up his wings and I believe he began to cover them because God said, you trusted me. And God said, I change not and my word don't change. So they come out y'all. So look how God does things on our behalf. God said, you're going to have storms and the storms are going to be raging. As long as you here on this earth, you're going to have something that affects you in your life. Don't think that you're not. If it ain't with you, it'll be with your husband. If it ain't with your husband, it'll be with your wife. If it ain't with your wife, it's going to be with your children. If it ain't with your children, it's going to be with your job. If it ain't about your job, it's about your money. If it ain't about that, it's about your health. You're going to have something that you're going to go through, but the only way you can handle it is through the word. Though it's coming, God, this is what your word said. You can't stop here. You don't belong here because I know who I am. How did you get up in my house? Who gave you permission to come in here? I'm a child of the king. That's that's what you be talking about. But what we do, we hold conversation with the devil. I'm tired of you, devil. You always messing with me. Having conversation. He ain't worth it. Because Jesus didn't hold nothing but conversation concerning the word. He didn't give him nothing but the word. And what we do, we just sit there and have a pity party. I can't. Don't know how I'm going to do it. It ain't going to work. I'm just tired of going through, y'all. I'm going through today. Ain't no telling what tomorrow going to be. And the Bible said, take no thought for tomorrow. Because tomorrow will take care. Of things that y'all don't get it. God has given you what you need in this day. God said, I know what you need this day. So why are you over there in Monday? He said, Monday is going to take care of itself because I ain't giving you nothing for Monday to put it in Sunday. He said, it's already done because it's already written. If I gave you $20 a day, that's all you getting. So quit trying to get more. He said, that's why you have to come to me and trust in me with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but acknowledge me in all your ways and I will direct your path. Don't try to go get something that I didn't tell you to get because you're going to go through from what you got. Because we feel good when we feel like we got a little money coming. We happy. Feeling good. We ready to treat everybody. But when the money is gone, we talk about the ones we treated. Look at them. They going out to eat. I remember when I paid for their food. Ain't nobody asked me nothing. Don't even want to ask me for a happy meal. Didn't ask me nothing. I shared what I have. Look at them greedy people. Supposed to be Christians. Walking all past me. I know they talking about me. You wasn't talking about me when I gave you that $50. Where my money? See what happens? It's coming out of you. Because you wasn't right when you done it. Because anything that you do for a person, nobody's supposed to know what you do. You're supposed to go on in Jesus' name. We don't supposed to tell everything that we do because we're holding that against them. Yeah, you've done it, but if you've done it from your heart, that's the end of it. Is that not the word? That's why the the Bible says that when you know the word, that's when you get set free. Some of us are playing around with the word. 
Some of us are talking nonsense to get people attention that are ignorant to the word, thinking that you know, and you ain't got there yet. You got to have a surety to say, this is what you said, God. Does things come to make you feel like that's not what God said? Oh, yeah, they're coming. They're coming because all of us get faced with storms in our lives. This is why we have the word. This is why the word is here. This is why the word is written unto us. Then we go back into the same book, Daniel, the sixth chapter. And here come old Daniel, the one that had an excellent spirit in him. And this is what happens when you stand on the word, y'all. Because Daniel stood on the word, he was doing things in that kingdom the way they needed to be done. He had an excellent spirit. So the king was promoting him. They were, he was putting people up over all the other people. And Daniel, he was thinking about putting him over the whole kingdom. People had to, oh, them people was mad. They said, you know what? We ain't got nothing on Daniel. Because everything he do is right. So the only thing we can get on Daniel is concerning his God. See, the enemy have a way he watch you. And he's going to find a weakness in you. And he's going to use that weakness so he can get some glory. So they went to the king. All of them gathered up. These leaders gathered up and told the king, why don't you set a decree? See, they wanted the king to look good or make the king think, you all this right here. You the king of this kingdom. So you need to set a decree that nobody prays to nobody but you. Oh, the king felt good about that. So the king, he sealed that thing because he said, okay, nobody's going to pray to no other God but me because I'm the king in this kingdom. So when Daniel heard what they done, go Daniel, go Daniel, go Daniel. We got some Daniels in here. Go Daniel, go Daniel. He waited on it. When he heard, Daniel went right back into his place. He bowed before the Lord, turned towards Jerusalem, and he began to pray three times a day. And they come up on Daniel and saw Daniel praying and went and reported back to the king. King, didn't you say that anybody who prays to another God, that they're going to be cast into the lion den? Now, no, O king, you got to stick to what you said. So the king was hurt. So the king tried to find a way to get Daniel out of this. Look at the favor that Daniel had. Because he knew Daniel. He couldn't find a way. They threw Daniel in the lion's den. And they sealed it with his ring. Meaning that. Once you see that seal. On the door of that lion's den. You better not open it. So they sealed it with his ring. Daniel went in that lion's den. And took him a nap. And the angel came. And shut the lion's mouth. Why? Because Daniel knew his God. And the Bible says that when you know God, he would do exploits in your life. So Daniel knew. He said, I'm going to rest in this because God has already saved me before I even went into the lion's den. So the king couldn't rest, y'all. So the king began to not even eat. He was worried about Daniel. When he got up the next morning, he went to that, that den and he said, Daniel. Oh, Daniel, did your God save you? And he said, yes, O king, God saved me. And he shut the lion's mouth. And guess what? The ones that come out against 
Daniel. They got through in that lion's den and got torn apart. What am I saying to you? When you step out on the word of God, people are going to come against you. The ones that you thought you could trust, the ones that you work beside, when you get a promotion, they're going to act like they're glad that you got a promotion, but they're going to be talking about you off to the side to other people to get them to turn away from you. But God, because you're stepping out on what God said, and you're not worrying about what man say about you because you got a word from the Lord. Don't you leave his word and turn to something else because God's word will not change on you. God's word is going to be the same. No matter what our situation is, you got to hold on to the confession of your faith without wavering because when you waver, you're going to become shipwrecked. You're going to be left in a place, in a wilderness, with heaviness, with depression. Because let me tell you something. When you're standing on the word, things are going to come. They're going to come stronger than they have ever come before. I'm telling you, God is a way maker. He He has a way of making things work in our lives that we don't even know anything about. Because we're trusting him. The next thing that God showed me, and I pray that you're holding on to this and you got to hold on to it because God don't bring stuff in the house for no reason. Because some of y'all are letting go of the word because of your friends. You letting go of the word because you feel like, you know, my friends ain't going to act the same no more. If I keep going on this way, they're going to cut me loose. Who cares if they cut you loose? You holding on to life. You holding on to truth. They're not going to hang with me no more. They're not going to do this with me no more. Uh-uh. You don't worry about man. You rather obey God. And then in Mark, the fourth chapter, if you read that and really pay attention to that, I'm the sower. I'm sowing the word to you. That's what I'm doing. I'm giving you the word. But guess what? This is a promise out of the word. This is what happens when the word is sown in Mark 4, verses 15. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately. Did y'all hear that? And taketh away the word that was sown in their heart. He wants this word, y'all. He's going to come immediately and take it. Why? Because the devil got sense enough to know the word has power. God's word is not void of power. So as soon as the word is spoken, he's going to come immediately and say, Are you sure that's what God is saying? Are you sure that God is going to heal you? Are you sure that's God speaking or they're just trying to get accolades? He's going to come immediately and take that word because he knows the word is going to manifest itself. Then it gives you, even in Mark, the book of Mark, the fourth chapter, it tells you what happens dealing with the word. The Bible says that in 17, and having no root in themselves, they endure for a time. When that word is not rooted in you, When affliction comes, that means trouble, oppression, tribulation, persecution arise. Guess how it's arising? For the sayings of God, the word's sake. When you're standing on the word, when you're stepping out on the word, persecution going to come. Look for it. Look for opposition. Look for it. Look for trouble. Trouble is going to come because of the word you're standing on. Look for it. It's going to come, but you be ready for it. Because you got the power in you. It come against Jesus. You don't think it's going to come against you? You got to do what Jesus done. Jesus stood on what his father said. 
Even though they tried to throw him off a cliff, Jesus got away from him. He did only what the father told him to do. And when he did that, it worked out. It said that tribulation going to come, trouble going to come, persecution going to come for the word's sake, for the sayings of God. And it's going to cause people to stumble. The enemy wants you to stumble. He don't want you to hold on to truth. He wants you to get away from the truth. Because knowing the truth is what sets you free. Don't be so anxious because man say this is what you got to do. You got to hear what God is saying. Some of you has been too anxious. That's why it's been too late. You got to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And say God this is what they say. But God what are you saying today? What do you want me to do? I can't move until I hear you. God I don't want to be out of your will. That's why Jesus, even when he was going to be crucified, he went into prayer with his father. He went to his father three times. But he said, Father, not my will. Because Jesus know his will is saying, I don't want to. He was in the flesh. I don't want to die. But God, it ain't my will. It's what you will for my life. So God, I'm willing to lay down my life even though I had done nothing. I'm going to lay down my life. That should give you an example. Even though you didn't say what they said, you should lay down your life for Jesus' sake. You should deny your flesh and let them believe what they want to believe because God already know the truth. And what you need to do is humble yourself and say, I'm so sorry that you feel this way. If I have hurt you in any way, forgive me. The truth is coming out. And the same person that lied on you and said what you didn't say is going to come back to you and be your footstool. Why? Because God said he will even give you peace with your enemy. But you got to trust in his word. We spend too much time trying to justify ourselves. If you already been justified, why are you trying to justify yourself? You don't have to justify you. He already justified you. He's already sanctified you. He's already reconciled you. He's already redeemed you. So what he's already done, why are you backtracking and trying to do what he's done? Just live like you sanctified. Live like you justified. Live like you redeemed. Live like you reconciled. Some of this is foreign to you in here. Why? Because you ain't in here. When you're in the word of God, you will know what to do and how to do it. You won't keep opening your mouth when you need to keep it shut. When you need to study to be quiet, even though the flesh is getting stirred up, you hear the spirit of the Lord say, don't say nothing. See, that's when you're in the fire. Because you're letting the flesh burn. You're saying, oh, my flesh ain't ready yet. My flesh ain't quite died yet. Because when that same person come to you and you can have love and compassion. Ooh, I'm coming out. When that same person get on your nerves and it don't agitate your flesh, you know that he's got those impurities. They have come to the top and I'm showing the image of him. Y'all don't get that. If anybody still move you and shake you, go back in the fire. That fire is the word. Go back in there and say, I need to be burnt up a little bit more, Father. Because I'm still feeling an effect from this. I'm still got some hate in me. I still got some animosity in me. Because I see myself choking them. I smell them. I know they're coming. They ain't got here 
You ain't ready yet. Everybody want to do something for the kingdom of God. But the first thing you got to learn how to do is be quiet. So you can be taught. It ain't about you. It's about him. You got to be subject unto him first. Y'all still getting the word. That's stepping out in the word of God. On your job, you got to be subject to those that are over you. Regardless how flesh feel, you got to go in that bathroom every time and you got to look up and say, God, I'm dying. And the Holy Spirit said, that's what I want you to do. I want you to die to you. I want you to crucify that flesh. So every time you come in here and you cry out to me, that's showing me you don't want to be this way. That's showing me that you talking to me instead of talking to them. That's what we supposed to do. I believe that bathroom at Pender, they probably done changed it, Jennifer. That bathroom's so annoying that people need to stay in there because every time I would go in there, I guess they wonder why. She, why did she stay in that bathroom? I'd be looking up, hearing the same verse, be not weary in your well-doing. In due season, you're going to reap it. I told God one day, I said, listen here, give me another one. Come on, y'all, don't play. I'm real with God. I said, God, that's all I hear every time I come in this toilet. Be not weary in your well-doing. You're going to, God, is that you? And it was him. Because I had a settling in me. Finally, I took what he was saying. Yes, Lord. I hear you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. God, I give you glory. I won't be weary in my well-doing. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to get Everything that you promised me, God, because you told me I'm going to reap all of this stuff, God. So I, th- I begin to agree with God. Amen. And guess what? I come out. I come out. God left me in that fire. And every day I would say, why are you leaving me here with these people? I ain't done nothing to these people. Why everybody else getting promoted and you and I'm demoted? I ain't done nothing to these people. When I start shutting my mouth, not my will. But God, let your will be. Can you imagine? You're going to get your money taken from you. And you ain't done nothing. You're going to be up under people that you hired. And you ain't done nothing. God said it ain't about what you've done. It's where I'm taking you. He said, see, I'm pulling some stuff out of you. Man, didn't he pull some jealousy that I thought I didn't have? I ain't done nothing, God. He pulled jealousy out of me. He pulled control out of me. He pulled unforgiveness out of me. He pulled some stuff, y'all, out of me that I didn't think I had. And the more he pulled it out of me, the more I start loving the people that hated me. He said, now go forgive them. Ask them for, for, what what you telling me? Ask them for, they did this. I said, okay, God, because you said. See, we got to hear what the word is saying, not our flesh. Look at your neighbor, say, you ain't got that yet. Look at them again. Say, you ain't got there yet. Say, quit playing. You ain't got there yet. We need to rest on that. Some of us try to tell other people how to do stuff, and we still dealing with us. We ain't got there. This is why we're forgiven for past, present, and future sins, because God know you mess up. But when you mess up, that's why you repent. Repent means renewing of the mind. It means change your mindset. Y'all didn't know that? The only way you can accept Jesus is to change your mindset. 
You got to change your way of thinking. That's when change comes. But some of us don't change our way of thinking because we don't even open the word to change it. We just go on what somebody else said in our head, but it ain't got in our heart yet. It is heart knowledge, not head. Your head will tell you anything. So we need to know what the word of God is saying. So he said persecution will come. Trouble will come for the word's sake. But guess what? If that don't work with you, the cares of this world. He's going to pour the cares of this world on you. He's going to tell you what you don't have, what you got to do, and people just begging for your money, and you can't even pay your rent, can't even pay your mortgage, can't even pay your light bill, all these cares that you got, and then you let go of what God said. What did God say? He said, I'm your provider. He said, I'll supply all your needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. But we let go of that because we allow the cares of this world to consume us. We look at what we don't have. I'm going to give you an example. When, when the disciples um, had told Jesus, Jesus said, go to the other side. He said, but beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, the Sadducees, one of them groups. He said, beware of those. Jesus was saying, beware of the teaching. Why? Because they're going to talk you out of what you already know. He said, so I want you to beware. Guess the first thing that they thought about? Their bellies. Why is every time something come up, the first thing that we think about is the cares of this world? Instead of what the word of God said. What's popping up in you first? When a bill is due, what pop up first? God already provided or how am I going to pay this bill? Which one pop up first? Come on, let's, when a pain hits your body, what pop up first? Oh, it hit somebody else. You know what they had. Or did the scripture pop up and say, you're already healed. You got to recognize what's popping up first. Why do things of the world pop up first? Because that's what we give our attention to first. But the more focus we have on the word, the word is going to pop up first. It's going to be in our lives first and foremost because we're going to know how to speak to people. When somebody comes to you with a problem, you can't tell them what the world is saying about the problem. You're a spiritual being. We're looking at what the word say. My grandfather would never tell you what the world said. We tell him what the world said. He said, Ting so. This is what the words say. He didn't change his confession. I don't care how bad it looked. Granddaddy would always say, the word said. The word said. By the time you left there, you believe in more what the word said than what the world said. Because he, he only spoke the word. And I remember this. This is part of stepping out. A young girl come to his house. And I, I told this to several people. Her hands were turning in. She could not walk. They were carrying her through the door. I was sitting up to the table, sitting up there watching the girl come through the door. And as I was sitting there, she went around to the living room and granddaddy was in there waiting. They set her in the chair beside granddaddy. I remember granddaddy saying, first of all, I want you to know I'm not God. He said, I'm an instrument that God used. I want to tell you this. When you step out on the word, You got to know you're stepping out because of the word, not because of you. It's in him you live, in him you move, in him you have your being. 
You've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer you that live, but it's him living through you. Until you can get over you, you're going to think it's you doing this. Grenet is saying, I'm just an instrument. But if you believe his word today, you're going to leave out of here walking. What did Grenetti end up doing? He ended up speaking nothing but the word. I looked and the girl come out walking. I left running. Because he held on to the word. He didn't hold on to the way she came in the house. He saw her walking before she left out of the house. What do you see? The word gives you the mental picture. And if you're seeing death, it's because you're dwelling on death. You got to see yourself doing what the word says. We can't go on how we feel. We got to go on what the word said. You don't deny how you feel. Yeah, I don't feel, you know, I feel this way. But the word says. Some people talk about more on how they feel than talk about what the word said and what the word has already done. So you cannot allow things to overtake the word. Because he's given you power. He's given you authority to speak those things that be not as though they were according to the word. And for mothers on this day, God want me to use Esther for you. To tell you Esther knew she was already queen before she went in that palace. And she carried herself like a queen. How did she do it? Because she cared for people before she got in the palace. When you read the book of Esther... You can see the genuine love that Esther had on the inside of her. She lost her father and mother. Her uncle Mordecai raised her. She trusted Mordecai because he trusted God. And she was raised um, depending on God. But she had a caring heart for people. See, love is what can keep you. Love is what gets you what the word of God says that you have. So when we're carrying his love and allow love to flow out of us, we don't see people the same way. We see them the way God see them. Because if God saw us the the way we really are, we'd be dead. Love died for us. Love is unconditional. So Esther went in that palace. She didn't do like the other women did when they went before the king. She didn't take what they took when she went before the king because she knew who she was before she went to the king. So she was made queen. But it come a time when her people was going to die and their lives was in her hand. Esther had to make a choice. And when Mordecai told her, don't you know that if your people die, you're going to die with them because they're going to find out who you are. So Esther began to fast and pray. She began to call a fast. And Esther said, I'm going before the king. You could not go before that king unless he called you. Unless that, what was it, that sculpture, that thing he had in his hand, went out for you to come before him. Esther got so brave through her fasting and praying that Esther went before the king. She stepped out. Why did she step out? Because she was stepping out on a word from the Lord. So when we step out on a word from the Lord, know that God said, I'll hasten my word to perform it in your life. We got to trust God and not trust our situation. And I believe that all of us want our situations to change. I got news for you. Your situation changed even before it came.
Because God already made the way of escape. But that don't mean that you're not going to go through. You got to go through knowing God already made a way out even before this trial began. You got to trust God. Y'all, it's time now to trust God because I'm telling you something. Upon this land right now, you got stuff going on that man don't know how to fix. You got stuff that's hidden that you don't know nothing about that man ain't told you so you don't have to think about it right now. But when it comes, you start thinking about it and your body start reacting to it because you heard about it. Y'all, let's just be real. If nobody never said nothing about no flu, people wouldn't think flu. If they never said nothing about allergies, people wouldn't think allergies. Because when I was growing up and I sneezed, and I didn't say I had no allergies. I kept playing. But as soon as people mention an allergy, oh, I got allergies. Well, you keep your little allergies. Keep them to yourself. Couldn't sleep last night because I got allergies. You telling yourself what you got. But if you never known or no allergy, if man didn't give you a name, you wouldn't accept it. We got to hear something to have faith in it. Faith come by hearing, hearing come by the word of God. If you never knew about it, you never think about it. If you never saw it on the TV, you never been meditating on it. That's why faith come by hearing, hearing come by the word of God. If you shut your television off and shut your door for a month, you will come out healed. Because you wouldn't be listening to nobody. You wouldn't have nothing. The only thing you're going to deal with is yourself and what you already put in. But if you ain't going nowhere and you just before the Lord, you're free. Soon as you open your door and somebody say a word, you're going to know how free you are. You're going to say, get thee behind me, Satan. Get under my feet. I'm not subject to that. You're going to be bold as a lion. So remember, stepping out on the word of God, you are going to have storms. You are going to have opposition. But know the battle has already been won. Hold on to the confession of your faith without wavering. Know that what God said to you, God is not going to change his mind, y'all. His word is forever settled in heaven. His word does not change because God doesn't change. He's the same today, yesterday, and forever. Hold on to this word, y'all, because stuff is coming out against us now. With the food, a lot of things. They're recalling a lot of things that's just popping up, just popping up. But God will not leave you in darkness because he's about light. That's why you need to spend time with him. And when he said, don't even open that pack, don't even eat it, you'll know that you're hearing God. Next thing you know, they said, we're recalling this, and people that are eating this are dying. But God saved you. Why? Because you're before him. So learn to be before him. And I want to say this, and I want you to grab hold of this. Remember I said that you got to step out on the word of God. Now let's see how many heard this sermon today. God said that by Jesus' stripes, you were already healed. Healing is in the midst of you. God said the only thing you got to do is accept his word. He sent his word. He has healed you. He has delivered you from your destruction. So he's saying today, be healed, be made whole. From the top of your head to the soles of your feet, you are the healed right now in Jesus' name. 
Now, if you believe that you're the healed of the Lord, step out in it. Step out in what you believe. That's all it is. It's a stepping out. Hallelujah. And Daria even getting her praise on with us stepping out. See, that's faith. Because you believed it, you're stepping out in it because you know God is not man that he should lie. Back problems healed in the name of Jesus. Knees healed in the name of Jesus. Sinus is healed in the name of Jesus. Allergies healed in the name of Jesus. Our problems healed in the name of Jesus. Let the blind see. Let the lame walk. Let the deaf hear in the name of Jesus. You have the mind of Christ in the name of Jesus. Every demonic force is coming against your mind. Broken right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Heart problems healed in the name of Jesus. Kidneys healed in the name of Jesus. Lungs healed in the name of Jesus. Tumors and growth go in the name of Jesus. Cancer healed in the name of Jesus. Fibromyalgia healed in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you that it's healing right now in this place. And we claim it right now in Jesus' name. Healed in Jesus' name. Because if the word said it, it's already done. I'm only calling out what the word says. You got to grab hold to what the word says. No more waiting 12 years. No more waiting 38 years. Healed in the name of Jesus. No more waiting 18 years. Healed in the name of Jesus. Why? Because the word works in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. God, we thank you right now that it's already done. In Jesus' name, we give you glory. We honor your presence in this place. We magnify you in this place. And we're not trying to get nothing done because it's already done. In Jesus' name, swelling in joints, go in the name of Jesus. Fear, go. In the name of Jesus. God, we give you glory. We give you honor and we give you praise right now. Because he who has begun a good work in us shall finish that work even until the day of Jesus Christ. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. We bless your name, God. We honor your presence in this place right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whatever the words say, do it. Whatever the words say, do it. Hallelujah. God, we give you glory. Hallelujah. 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 We talk to bills right now in the name of Jesus. And we curse them at the root in Jesus' name. God, we speak that Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministry is debt free. We owe no man nothing but to love him. 
in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you and we praise you that you turn in men and women hearts and children's hearts towards Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministry, God. And what you telling them to give, to sow into the ministry, God. God, we thank you that they're giving and sowing into the ministry like never before. And God, as they sow into us, God, we're sowing into others, God. God, matter of fact, we're sowing into others even before they sow into us. In the name of Jesus. And God, right now in the name of Jesus, I speak clarity right now in the spirit. I speak, God, that we hear your voice like we have never heard your voice before. God, everything that's in the way that's stopping us from hearing you clearly, I bind it right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God, that we have spiritual ears. We have spiritual eyes, God. In Jesus' name, God, we give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise, God. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. We honor your presence in this place. And we thank you and we praise you, God, for what's already done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory, God. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, say it's already done. Say it's already done. Say God has already done what he says he's going to do. Say it's already done. 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 It's already done. It's already done. Because it is finished. It is finished. So it's already done. He ain't going back and doing it again. It's already done. Your children are already saved. Your children are already delivered. Your family is already healed. Because he already made provision. It's already done. Already done. Already done. Already done, done, done. A thing done, done, done. I want you to get that. Already done. Get past you. Already done. Let me give y'all a little secret. When we're calling heaven to earth, there's three heavens. The word is coming from heaven. It's hitting a rim where there's a fight going on. So don't think that that word ain't already done. But there's a battle over the word. So the enemy is up there warring in the heavenlies. Trying to make you think that it ain't already done. But God said it was done just like when Daniel prayed. The angel came to him and said, the first day, Daniel, you come to me. It was already done. God said the first day. But there's a fight that's going on because of the word. He said, but guess what? God has already answered. And I'm bringing you the answer. It's already done. It's already done. It's already done before pain hits your body. God already healed you. Think about it. God already healed, Kathy. Before pain even showed up. God already made provision for pain. Before sickness and disease showed up. He already made provision for what was going to try to hit your body. He said, I already given you, Shirley, what you need. He said, you're more than a conqueror. No weapon formed against you shall prosper.
prosper. And every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, thou shalt condemn. You are the head and not the tail. 